0: Welcome back to the Injury Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dr. physical therapy, medical Physical therapist from League system. Gracias por tus oídos. Hope you had a good week one. Hope you had a fantastic week one, unless you played me in any leagues. And of course, I hope you had a terrible week one. If you haven't already, please sign up for my newsletter pinned to the top of my Twitter at fbinjurydoc. Make sure you sign up there and get every injury situation mailed directly to your inbox all year long. The first edition has already gone out with some of these guys that we're going to discuss today. Of course, this is being recorded prior to the Monday night football game, so not everything is going to be included. Make sure you follow me on Twitter for that, at FBInjuryDoc. Make sure you have all of your FantasyPoints.com tabs bookmarked, the Injury Insights tab, the Injury Glossary tab. Go to FantasyPoints.com. All that stuff is free. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, especially if I've helped you win any leagues, I've helped you win any weeks. All I ask is for you to give me a little rate, a little review, bump those numbers up. First, we'll hit on some under-the-radar injury news. According to Kat underscore Terrell on Twitter, she's a Saints reporter for ESPN. Uh, She tweeted that Dennis Allen said Alvin Kamara was dealing with a rib issue Sunday, but said, quote, I think he's going to be fine, unquote. That might be a reason Alvin Kamara's usage wasn't exactly what we anticipated it would be. So that's something to keep in mind as you move forward with Alvin Kamara on your rosters. It doesn't necessarily mean you should make any moves or change anything about what you're doing. But just be aware that he is dealing with a rib issue, apparently, that hopefully he gets cleared up over the next week. First, we'll go through a couple of guys we really can't do anything about at this point. The first is Dak Prescott, of course, per Adam Schefter, Prescott's going to miss six to eight weeks with the thumb fracture. He's going to have to have that thumb stabilized. Even when he comes back, we're not entirely certain that he's going to look back to 100% that finger and those finger thumb issues are always a relatively complicated issue for quarterbacks since they need to have sensation, strength, range of motion, all that stuff intact to throw ball accurately, especially when it's their thumb, their throwing thumb like Dak. This is going to be a difficult injury for him to come back from. 84% of the guy, missed. T. Higgins, in the concussion protocol, the mode, so the most frequently amount of missed time or missed weeks for players going into the concussion protocol for the first time is about zero weeks. So that means usually they don't miss any time. However, they could miss up to one week in that first time concussion between zero and one weeks. We can't predict these. I don't want to say that he is 100% going to be active, but guys do tend to clear these concussion protocol hurdles, generally speaking, in one week. But again, concussions are not linear. If he has a setback, he's gonna to have to restart the entire protocol over. So have a backup plan in case for T. Higgins. Next, we'll hit on a couple of hamstring strains. Of course, we have Chris Godwin, who is coming out, hadn't taken contact, at least to our knowledge, all off long, eight months post-op ACL. Looks decent comes out, catches a ball, whether you wanna call it compensation, whether you wanna call it his nervous system wasn't ready, whether you wanna call it his tissue capacity and endurance wasn't quite to the level it needed to be for live NFL action, whatever you wanna call it, whatever the reason we can't even quite pinpoint, Chris Godwin did sustain a hamstring strain. Uh, The Bucks have come out and said that it is going to be something that is gonna require rehab and he will likely be out for a couple of weeks, according to Tom Pilicero. The average on these is typically between one and three weeks with Godwin being just eight months post-op ACL. There's a chance they're just going to take their time with him. And there's a chance they're just going to ride it out for another three or four weeks until he hits that magical nine month mark that we would have liked to see in Godwin in the first place. The knee is intact. The ACL is intact. That's really all we can ask for for Chris Godwin. We hope that he makes a pretty quick recovery. This next guy with a hamstring strain, Keenan Allen, of course, He said to reporters in the locker room after the game that he could, quote, possibly play on the short turnaround in the Thursday night game. That is not likely, just based on the situation that he was ruled out and his history with these at 30 years old. Uh, The last time that Keenan Allen played in 2020 through a hamstring strain, that is the infamous don't bench me game, don't sit me game. When he looked at the camera and said something to that nature to fantasy managers. Of course, Allen went on to play 36% of snaps. He saw just three targets. He caught one ball for 17 yards, and then he was out the next week because of a re-aggravation. These injuries are nasty. You might not have better options than Keenan Allen, but it really is a volatile situation. You don't want to play him in anything cash related in DFS, anything high stakes, anything like that. So that's really what you want to monitor for Keenan Allen. Even if he's active, I'm looking for better options with more upside, especially if I need to swing for the fences. The last couple guys here are a couple of running backs. We'll start with Elijah Mitchell, Ian Rappaport, and Adam Schefter both confirmed this is an MCL issue for Elijah Mitchell. Schefter confirmed that this is going to be, quote, about two months for Elijah Mitchell. If you look at any of the data, you'll see that this is approximately a four to six week injury in terms of Elijah Mitchell's return is that six, seven week mark. There's an off chance the Niners continue to wait until they have their week nine bye and bring him back after the week nine by. I don't think that's necessarily the most likely thing to happen. But it is something to consider that Mitchell could potentially not be back until week 10. These injuries suck. Hopefully he can get on the rehab track and get back sooner than week 10. This last guy's a little complicated, but we'll start with Najee Harris and what he's got going on. Sheffield reported that there's no structural damage to Harris's foot. That's obviously good news. That means that it's not a full-blown rupture or grade three list Frank injury. But the thing to consider here is that even though there was no structural damage today, or there was no structural damage during the MRI, that means there was also no structural damage four weeks ago when they initially took the MRI, and he still had pain he was still limited, he still sat out for four weeks. So the structural damage doesn't really help us much other than knowing that it's not just a catastrophic injury. Typically with these injuries, you really need to rehab them appropriately or they'll tend to linger. This is Najee Harris's third go around, third episode of this specific foot issue. All of the data shows that this is something you can rehab This is something that you can treat conservatively, especially if it's not unstable or if there's not a fracture involved, which is great news. The issue with it is that even though it might not devolve to a complete rupture or to a complete tear or whatever the case may be with his specific case, it still means that he's probably going to be playing through some pain. It still means that he's probably going to be limited in some practices, and it still means that he's probably going to be capped from an efficiency standpoint just because he is going to be playing through some pain. Najee Harris is a volume driven beast. We know that we know that a lot of his production comes from pure volume and efficiency doesn't necessarily matter as much with him. So it'll be concerning if he's playing through pain and his efficiency takes an even further dip. It'll also be concerning if they start to deload him or if he needs to take a game off or if he needs to take a quarter off. So that's something to consider with Najee Harris. He's volatile to me the rest of the year. I just really don't want to take on any Najee Harris. If you get any trade offers for Najee Harris, I am not actively accepting any trade offers to take Najee Harris onto my team. In fact, I'm trying to send him elsewhere for a piece that makes sense. So this year I want to be a little bit better about giving clues, giving tips, giving actionable information about what to do with any of this information. And I think the number one tip that I want to give in terms of quarterbacks, especially if you have a ton of quarterbacks on your waiver wire to stream, don't trade for a quarterback. Don't give up a valuable running back piece or wide receiver for a quarterback. If you had Dak Prescott, You can stream the position. If anything, you can check every week at fantasypoints.com who the streamable options are. The DFS content is great for that. You can also listen to JJ Zacharyson and Denny Carter. Their live in the stream podcast is really funny and it's also really actionable. You can get take a lot of nuggets away from that in terms of who to stream. Don't trade away pieces for a quarterback, especially in single quarterback leagues, superflex leagues, two quarterback leagues. That's a little different. But if you had Dak Prescott, don't panic. You can probably stream your way out of that position. For the receivers, it's a little trickier. T Higgins, you're just going to have to wait on. There's not much actionable information there. Chris Godwin. I'm actually actively trading for Chris Godwin at some point in the next week or two, especially if the person who rosters Chris Godwin starts to lose and starts to panic. You can trade for Chris Godwin if you're in a good position for somebody like Christian Kirk, maybe even somebody like Elijah Mitchell, somebody that that individual might be interested in based on their positional needs, based on what they have going on. I am actively trading for Chris Godwin, despite the fact that these hamstring injuries do tend to linger. I think they're going to allow him to get right before they throw him back out there. In terms of Elijah Mitchell, obviously the hot waiver wire ad is going to be Jeff Wilson. I would probably allocate at least 50% of my fab budget towards Jeff Wilson, depending on your situation. An average 12 person league, I would say at least 50% of your waiver wire fab should go towards Jeff Wilson. But if you don't get Jeff Wilson, you should definitely throw Tyrion Davis price on the end of your bench and hope for the best. That is a person that I would definitely hold on to. Jeff Wilson did not look stunning in week one this week, so that's just something to consider. I would definitely do that. The other thing is, once Elijah Mitchell gets a little closer to that week seven, week eight, week nine mark, I would make some moves to see if he was dropped, or I would try to move a piece away for Elijah Mitchell. We'll discuss that a little bit further as we get closer to that date. But MCL injuries, they don't tend to linger and causes much issues, especially if they have enough time to rehab. The last thing, Najee Harris. I wouldn't splow more than 30% of my fab for Jalen Warren right now. In fact, you might have some league mates who might not even try to add Jalen Warren now that they see Najee Harris as healthy, but I would still put in a bid for him tonight. Probably not more than 30%, but if you wake up Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, and Jalen Warren's still there, I would 100% put in a bid for him. This is something that's going to linger for Najee, and in a worst case scenario world, they start to split time. And you have yourself a nice little RB2 in Jalen Warren. Those are the things that I would do. Those are the guys I'm targeting. That's what I would do this information. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FBAndrewDoc. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter pinned to the top of my Twitter. Thanks again for tuning in.